And joining me via phone, it's the team reporter, Chase Beardsley. A few moments later. And one last thing, Trey. You forgot to mention, I'm one of the hosts of what you're talking about. Yeah, I did. I, I, I've said that. I, you I, didn't say it when you began. Yes, I did. I said, Chase Beardsley right now. My co-host, or one of the co-hosts, is in Salt Lake City right now. We have this recorded. You can go back. You can go back and play it. Liar! ASU undefeated in conference play. Welcome in to What You Talking About Playoff Edition. I'm your host, Trey Matthews, here in downtown Phoenix and Cronkite. And joining me via phone, it's the team reporter, Chase Beardsley. Chase, how you doing? Can you uh, hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, Trey. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, we, uh, the team got in around 11.30 last night, uh, checking to our hotel and here we are. It's game day against uh, Colorado State, and it's going to be a good one. I got to ask you, what's the current time in Salt Lake City? Uh, we're in the same time zone, Trey. Oh, we are? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did not know. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, Chase, it's playoff edition. Give me your quick thoughts uh, before we jump right into it. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, ASU is defending uh, for the first time in program history as the WWCHL champion. So there's a huge, huge, um, I guess, test ahead of them. Uh, they're obviously undefeated in conference play. So on paper, they should be sweeping this, all these teams. But again, playoffs is a clean slate. It doesn't matter what happened in the regular season. It, what, it's about what happens now. Absolutely. So I think it's safe to say that ASU are, in fact, the favorites. But the thing is, is like, like I've been saying in all of sports, nothing is guaranteed. So you definitely got to try to go in there, play your game. But I said it in last week's episode that if ASU does not win this tournament, I mean this respectfully, they have no one to blame but themselves. Absolutely. It will be a failure of a season at that point, uh, obviously. I think, you know, this team is legitimately the best team that they've had in program history. I mean, in the forward positions, you had Sidney Paulson, you have Anita Fleming, who has come out of nowhere and taken over as the goal-scoring leader uh, all the team. In her first year as Sun Devil, you have Sam Murphy again. You have all these big weapons in the forward group, and on the blue line, everyone's having career years. You see Matty Platson, fourth on the team in points, and leading all WWCHL in points as a defenseman. It's impressive to see. And, uh, I mean, you have a two-headed monster of Quinn Inger and Carson Newman. We don't know who's going to start today, but both these goaltenders have played fantastic. So uh, to quote uh, uh, Lindsay Ellis, the head coach for ASU, I was actually reading one of your articles, and she said, I don't think it's easy at all trying to defend our title. Right now, we're definitely the team to beat. The teams don't enjoy our presence all the time. I think being able to go in confidently and know our game and not uh, succumb to people trying to – uh, or succumb to people talking to us on the ice or things like that is really what's going to elevate us. What did you get from that uh, when you uh, heard Lindsay talk about, like, they know that they're the team to beat, but they still got to play to a certain standard? Um, I mean, it's 
pretty blatantly obvious. Obviously, this team has an agenda to once again make the Nationals in St. Louis, and the only way to do so is through these playoffs. I mean, again, this team went undefeated in conference play this season, but again, that does not matter. This is playoffs. This is completely new slate. It doesn't matter what happened then. Um, I think what it also means is that, I mean, every single WWCHL team is going to try to take their base crack at taking down and dethroning the champions. And, I mean, I'm sure they're annoyed that ASU is undefeated. I'm sure they don't want them repeating again. And I'm sure they have, um, what's the word? I guess, uh, I guess they have kind of a vengeance feeling, especially because maybe they don't believe that ASU should be in their conference because they're a whole different tier of team. Um, it will be interesting to see. I expect physicality. It's what WWCHL teams are known for. So, again, we'll see what happens. It should be a great battle, especially here between the Rams. Absolutely. So we'll get into the uh, game's uh, preview momentarily. But first, uh, are you at the hotel right now? Like, um, how's the how's the vibe with the team? Because I could hear some background noise. Yeah, I'm at the hotel right now. Um, we, I believe, uh, we don't leave to the rink until like two-ish. Um, I haven't seen most of the team yet. Uh, but yesterday, obviously, it was a long bus ride, 10-hour bus ride. It took 11 hours to get here. So, obviously, tired, um, but they're getting a lot of rest today. So, I'm sure they're going to wake up and, you know, the, they know what they have to do. They know they can't play down to these teams. They know they, I mean, this is the only way to St. Louis. All right. So, what's on tabs for today? Well, ASU will be taking on CSU at the uh, Salt, Lady, Salt Lake City Sports Complex, I beg your pardon, at 4.30 p.m. Chase, let's preview this game, and then we'll talk about their next matchup tomorrow night against Utah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. CSU obviously coming in as the lowest seed, barely scraped into the playoffs, and it's all thanks to their late game play. Uh, you look at the team's schedule, and they had to play in big games heading into the playoffs. They had to take down Denver in a one-game uh, matchup that ultimately was a one-goal game. And <laughs> they've been playing playoff games, basically. If they had gotten swept in that series against Colorado, uh, then CSU wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be in these playoffs. And that means they're playing big games already. They're coming into this matchup winning some of the most recent games in the WWCHL. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Gabby Demerat, she's been incredible. Uh, there's no words to, this, to describe how she's led the CSU uh, game, or sorry, team. CSU has played a lot of easy games against teams like Wyoming, who aren't necessarily the best teams in the ACHA, so that doesn't play the stats a little bit. But we saw Gabby Demerat really take off in the playoffs last year. And CSU did put up a fight about against everyone. They were just a couple goals away from appearing in the WWCHL finals, just barely missing out due to goal differential. But they took down Utah, and they did so pretty pretty interestingly with a lot of goal scoring. And they, it took ASU until the second period, late in the second period last year, to finally break the, the scoring. Uh, I believe uh, I forgot who scored first in that game. But they went on to romp the uh, Rams for nothing. It took until the second period. Though. This year, however, uh, in the regular season, obviously ASU swept CSU in the regular season series uh, up in Colorado. 
Uh, they outscored the Rams 9-1. Again, this is a team that, you know, is coming into these playoffs playing big games. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And as they play any way, as we saw last year in the playoffs, they're a scrappy team that will give you challenges. Yeah, so uh, back in, I believe, October when ASU took on CSU during their Colorado road trip, ASU came out victorious in the first game by a score of 4-1, to and then the very next game they shut them out 5 to nothing. Before I give my picks uh, for the game in terms of people to look out for, uh, who are some players that you personally have highlighted going into this matchup? I mean, there's a lot of them, obviously, because this is the first game of the playoffs, so you're expecting all your top players to really strike. I look at Anita Fleming, who had four points in her most recent game against GCU, and like I said, also led the whole team in scoring the season in her first year as the Sun Devil. That's someone to keep an eye for. Paige Ring, back in the lineup. Uh, it'll, it'll be good to see her again in the lineup. Again, she's someone who, before she got injured, or sorry, uh, sick, um, she was really on a point streak there in the Midwest. She was probably one of the most, probably one of the best players to come out of that road trip offensively. Uh, I mean, on the blue line, you got Maddie Platson, obviously having a career year, incredible year. Uh, I look at her and Hannah Coons, that pairing to really shut down CSU's offense or anything that they have, maybe put some uh, pucks in the back of the net. And Quinn Inger, who's going to start next day, um, she is going to be someone to look out for. It's her first playoff game as the Sun Devil. So, again, that's going to be very interesting. Quinn in the regular season was like that. Again, completely new slate, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Quinn can do in net. I was actually just about to talk about her because what a season from the Bull from Chicago because Quinn Eatinger alongside with Carson Hellman, they were atop of the WWCHL in terms of shutouts. And I think uh, compared to last year because Quinn only appeared in like one regular season game, Quinn has just grown so much and has been really a good backbone for the Sun Devils team, especially second half of the year. And I expect that momentum to carry over into the playoffs because last year we saw Carson Hellman. She was given the title WWCHL MVP at the conclusion of the tournament when ASU defeated GCU. And honestly, I don't think this is a hot take for me to say. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. But I think um, Quinn Eatinger can follow in the footsteps of Carson Hellman and become the MVP because you need strong goaltending because if you don't have strong goaltending, you have no chance of winning. So I think what Quinn Eatinger has done this season and it could carry over into the playoffs, she is definitely someone I have circled in terms of potentially taking that MVP title, especially when Carson is still out with uh, injury, right? No, she will be back in the lineup uh, versus CSU, backing up Quinn. Okay, so she's back back in the lineup. But um, she's definitely someone I have circled. Um, well, before I give e- even more picks, uh, do we have any injury updates regarding Ellie McKenna? We talked about Paige Ring. She was out for a significant amount of time due to being sick. Uh, I know uh, there's some speculation about Bree and Doro and how they're doing injury-wise. Uh, who can we expect not to play in this tournament this time around? So Ellie McKenna will not appear in any of these games this weekend due to concussion. Uh, that's been going on for a while, and uh, head coach Lindsay Ellis did confirm that in practice yesterday, um, or day before. <laughs> uh, Brie Powell, uh, it sounds like she's getting shut down for the season. Uh, I believe she's getting off-season surgery. 
And then uh, Jessica Dorvin is obviously, I think they wanted to really have her back uh, for Nationals, but I think it's sounding more and more like we're going to see her shut down for the season as well. Okay, so that that's the injury update. Um, my X-Factor piece, I said this player at the beginning of preseason, but I, I say don't underestimate Haley Martin and her capabilities because, remember, Haley Martin got uh, injured in the Colorado trip back in October, and I think she'll play with some sort of vengeance, and we saw her play somewhat aggressive in the GCU series, albeit uh, she was definitely uh, baited into being somewhat aggressive. But I think uh, Haley definitely has a lot to prove from a scoring standpoint, from a physicality standpoint. And she was on a pretty decent point pace at the beginning of the year, but obviously she dealt with her lower body injury. So I'd say for Haley Martin, that's someone that you really need to look after because she can certainly be somewhat of an X-factor piece. And I would say from a scoring standpoint, Anita Fleming, because I'm actually going to do a story about her for Cronkite News because it's so impressive that the junior transfer led this team in the regular season in goals because you saw the departures of people like Mason Walker, Amelia Smith. So the big question for the Sun Devils team was who was going to generate some of that offense. And I said that um, I don't know who's it going to come from. It could have come from Sam Murphy. Could it come from Ellie McKenna? Could it come from Sydney Paulson? And I did not anticipate for Anita Fleming to lead the team in goals. And I think she's going to carry that momentum from the from the regular season down into the playoffs. So I would rely on her for a lot of the scoring. But I'd say in these matchups against CSU, we're going to see a goal barrage from the ASU Sun Devils because I think their offense is definitely going to be all gas, no breaks. Would you agree with my assessment? I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, I think, you know, again, we're not trying to say that this win, like this winning streak is going to continue into the playoffs because, again, it's a whole different beast. But definitely hard to not acknowledge the fact that ASU is one of the top scoring teams in this, in this conference. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think someone you really forgot to mention, uh, which is someone who's obvious, but like, you know, we don't talk about her enough. is Sydney Paulson, her, you know, point streak and total points this season. It's impressive. 29 points really led this team in scoring. I think she's taken somehow even a bigger step than she did last year. Uh, less games played, more points this season. Um, yeah, just impressive, especially heading down the couple games, uh, past couple games. She was on a point streak almost, uh, I believe, eight games there. Uh, didn't score against Utah in one of them, so that did end the streak. But, I mean, if you calculate that, man, she's just had a – incredible season i think it's someone that we really need to talk about um especially because you know in the beginning of the season we were really questioning who the top scorer was going to be because mason walker left amelia smith left cameron kozak left and left only sam murphy i believe as one of the top scorers and obviously sydney uh, I think Ellie had an adjustment I, I, period last season. i think you could also consider ellie as a top goal getter for the sun devils program last season no, absolutely. I, I would agree. But, again, Sydney has taken leaps and bounds and has really continued her dominance. And now he's the whole WWCHL uh, scoring. I think 
Uh, we all pointed her to one top scores this year. I don't think we expected her to almost hit 30 points, especially in the lesser amount of games played. Sam Murphy, we've mentioned her, 26 points, 22 games played. We know the type of player she is. But let's also talk about some of these players who have had really turnaround seasons. I mean, Logan Satara last year really ha- had to adjust. It was her first year, you know. I think a lot of these players don't really leap out in their first season, but then the second season they just turn it on. 10-point differential from last season, 19 points this season, nine goals. Um, we saw her really take a toward streak in the playoffs last year, and she continued it. Talk about uh, turnovers like Tristan Craig, like only six points last season. Now she's in the top ten scoring, 18 points. It's really impressive what some of these players have really done, and I'm excited to see how they continue in the playoffs. Yeah, so it's I, I want to give some love to the blue liners, too, because we've been talking a lot about the goalies and the forwards, but let's not leave uh, the anchor of the Sun Devils defense in question because the power play anchored by Matty Platson and Sammy Lush. I'll tell you one thing. I did not have that on my bingo card entering the season. I think we knew what type of player uh, both these players are. Sammy, obviously, is more of the overall I think, strong player. She has fantastic defensive uh, capabilities. She always lays her body out on the line. You know, I, I, can, I can't count how many big shots she's blocked this season alone. It's impressive what she's done. And she's scored those. She might not be the best offensive defense, defenseman, but she's scored big goals in some big key moments. And I think that's really impressive coming from Sammy. Uh, I think uh, Maddie Platson, I mean, what, what more can we say about her play this season? How dominant she's been, uh, career season all around. Just so impressive from her. Um, 21 games played, seven goals, 13 assists, 20 points. Just impressive. Yeah. So I, I, I think uh, we also, uh, someone who I'm going to pick as my, I guess, stretch or my sleeper. We talked about this player before, but Hannah Coons, I think. It's time for her to get her, what, her first collegiate goal. I think she's capable of doing it. Yeah, she's definitely capable of doing it. It's just that, you know, she needs to do it. I think that's some, something we've seen recently. I mean, Sophie Fossell obviously scored her first goal um, not too long ago, too, and she's had a lot of uh, chances. But, um, I, you know, I think Hannah's time is coming. I think defensively she's been one of the best defensemen on that team. Uh, you know, the offense just hasn't come. And in terms of goal scoring, but she's set up a lot of key goals. I think that's something a lot of people are overlooking. Yeah, so don't underestimate the blue liners for ASU. Now, when looking on the other side of things, for CSU, their leading point getter is Gabby Demerat. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She has appeared in yeah. 21 games, 11 goals, 12 assists for a grand total of 23 points, followed by Brianna Qualley. Uh, who has appeared in 22 yeah. games, has 21 points. So uh, the Rams only have one point-per-game player on their roster, and that is uh, Demerat, uh, because the others that follow suit, it, it seems like CSU is very top-heavy because, once again, they don't have many uh, point-per-game players on their roster. And uh, I beg your pardon, there's actually one more, and her name is Jordan uh, Suzak, I I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not, but 19 game appearances, eight goals, 11 assists for a grand total of 19 points. When you look at this Rams yeah. team, 
What can ASU expect from their perspective? I think uh, something that a lot of people look at is that this team, these teams have, or CSU in particular, and I know Colorado has played them as well, a lot of these stats are inflated because they played uh, Wyoming, which is one of the worst teams in the ACHA. And I, I don't know exactly what the score was. I know Colorado blew them out like 17 to 1 in a game, which is insane. Um, but again, a lot of these stats are inflated. Uh, Gabby Demerat, I mean, we know she's a great player. We know she's the best player in CSU, but a lot of her points came from that series against uh, against Wyoming. And looking at the schedule, a 12 to nothing win over Wyoming, then the 9 to 1 win earlier in the season, and then you keep scrolling down. I mean, they this, this CSU team did lose the Air Force, which isn't a fantastic team itself as well. It's an interesting team. Uh, I think that's something that really separates ASU from these three other teams is that ASU has played some really, really tough teams uh, this season, like McKendry, like Maryville, and they've won against these teams. And meanwhile, CSU, they played McKendry, I believe, only once. Um, but other than that, they haven't played any ranked ACHA teams besides ASU. And I think that's something that has really played the stats but again, you can't play down to your opponent. We've seen it happen before uh, last year with ASU and GCU. Uh, this year, I, they haven't really played down to anyone, I would say. But who knows? This is a great new slate. I keep saying that because it's true. Um, and we'll see. Maybe CSU. I mean, again, CSU has been fighting for their lives in the past couple of uh, games. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, so in net for the Rams, I would expect to see Sabrina Rittner. She has appeared in 16 games. She has a record of 4-9-1, and one, and a goals against average of 3.34, and a save percentage of 9.26. Okay, uh, we got about 10 minutes remaining on the show. Let's talk about the matchup the very next day for ASU in which they take on the Utah Utes, a team that we've actually personally seen play because the Utes came down to – um, they, they came down to ASU, if my memory serves me well, and uh, I, I believe ASU handled them with no problem, similar to what they've done with the entire WWCHL going undefeated in conference play. Um, what are your, your thoughts on the Utah Utes? Let's just say that the game against CSU goes as according to plan, and now ASU has to take on the Utes to basically solidify themselves a position in the championship. Well, they'll play Utah regardless. Um, I think Utah is the one team that maybe has given ASU a challenge, if any. Um, two of the four games were one-goal games against uh, Utah, including the very first game, which was a 3-2 win, uh, and then one of the most recent games, which was a three, another 3-2 win up in Salt Lake City. Um, it's interesting because Utah has been good at some point, and they've been – absolutely awful at some points. I mean, this is a team that lost Denver 6-4. to four. Uh, This is also a team that kept Midland to a 2 nothing game. Of course, Midland did win that one, but Midland undefeated this year. Um, that's pretty impressive. Um, I don't know what to expect out of the youth because, again, I would say out of the other three teams, I think they're the best team besides ASU. Um, they do have some great 
firepower and Holly Hansen, um, Molly Murphy, Ava Kistner, um, and these players, you know, we know are dominant players in the WWCHL. The problem with Utah is that they have these top players, and then they don't have a lot of depth scoring that they can constantly rely on. And then I also look at Nets, and we all thought, especially regarding her fantastic play in the uh, last playoffs, um, that uh, Miranda De Antinano would start again, would be the main state starter heading into these playoffs. But, I mean, there's been some some interesting uh, play by uh, Caroline Stegman, who's really had a great run, 5-4-0 record with a .933 save percentage. We saw her in game two versus uh, ASU up in Salt Lake City, and I thought she played impressive despite, you know, getting the loss. And, again, that's going to be interesting who the youth start in that. Um, but I think they're the best team besides ASU in these playoffs. Yeah, so my thing about the, the playoffs in general for ASU is that I don't think there's a team that really challenges them aside from what you said about Utah. The thing is, it's like to beat this ASU team, and and uh, I'm just going based off of experience, you got to play somewhat physical with them. And the team that would play the most physical with them are the antelopes of GCU, but obviously GCU is nowhere to be seen in this tournament because of their uh, awful performance this year. I think that's the only way you could beat this ASU team, which is ASU likes to the score uh, now and again, especially against these WWCHL teams. I know we talk about them being more of a defensive-minded team relying on their blue liners and their goaltending, but they've really changed their uh, offensive approach this year, and I think the only way you can beat ASU is, like, you got to check them, you got to try to stop them and neutralize, you got to play physical, you got to try to slow them down because if you slow ASU down, then that's how uh, you could try to make them a little bit more vulnerable because the defense can key in on that because you're it's hard to like hide in that sort of aspect. But there's not a team that really does that aside from GCU, and we saw that the final regular season game of the year in which GCU was getting very physical with ASU and was slowing them down a bit, not to the point where ASU was any in any danger, but. I just recall to last year, and I recall to the end of this year. So I, I just think for ASU, the only way to beat them is just be physical, but there isn't a team that challenges them in that regards, wouldn't you say? Offensively, I don't think so. I think the best offensive team is ASU by a mile, but I also do think that uh, Utah does have some very interesting offensive weapons, but at the same time, I think this ASU team is a much different team than we saw last year, and that was a huge problem last year, is that GCU used their physicality to really outmaneuver ASU. This year, I think ASU is a lot more loaded in terms of the forward position, in terms of the defensive position, and the goaltending position. I think we saw GCU try to use that same technique in the last series against ASU, and ASU blew them out in both games. So, I think the main weakness again going into these playoffs is what you said Trey is themselves if they play down that's their fault but again right now I think ASU is the team to beat here in these playoffs so you're in Salt Lake right now and I'm sure you guys are about to get ready to head to the rink uh, within the next few hours to gear up for the playoffs um, what are you looking forward to uh once you get to the rink and you sit in your seat uh, to conduct a story? Um, 
Uh, interesting question. Um, I think, you know, something I'm looking forward to is seeing, I mean, obviously the big overall story is can ASU remain undefeated against conference opponents this season and repeat as WWCHL champions? I mean, like I said, I think every team is going to play really hard against the Sun Devils, especially considering when undefeated, the current defending uh, conference champions. And I think that's going to be something that is really going to, you know, everyone's going to take a crack at. But I'm also looking forward to, you know, uh, just a weekend of hockey. Obviously, it's always fun being at these tournaments. Um, Salt Lake City, it's a nice little city. Uh, very beautiful out here. I'm looking forward to, you know, all the downtime as well. Uh, you know, spending time with uh, everyone, especially the media director, Billy Goldberger. Uh, is he be, with uh, you right now? Is he with well, you right now? He is right here. He's right across from me right now. Okay, okay. Put Billy on the phone so he could say hi to the, to the fans. All right, Billy. Uh... <laughs> all right, there yeah, we're, we're, I know we're not getting anything in depth. Just wanted him to to say his uh, piece a little bit. But anyway, continue. Like, are you going to go skiing at any point? <laughs> um, well, considering the the past of some of these players and skiing, I don't think that's on the agenda. Jill but, catch him. Um, Jill catch him. <laughs> I'm not a big skier myself. Uh, I wish uh, you know some of the ponds out here were frozen over so we could uh, go play on the ODR. But um, I think right now. It's, it's all business. Yeah, so we're, we're definitely looking forward to the rest of the playoffs and definitely we'll have the uh, updates here on what you're talking about. Uh, Chase, any final thoughts before we close out today's episode? Yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, I mean, follow me on Chase Beardsley underscore for all the updates. Uh, it will, the whole tournament will be live streamed on Utah's YouTube uh, page. Obviously, ASU plays at 430 tonight. And one last thing, Trey. I forgot to mention, I'm one of the hosts of what you're talking about. Yeah, I did. I, I, I've said that. I, I, you didn't say it when you began. Yes, I did. I said, Chase Beardsley right now, my co-host, or one of the co-hosts, is in Salt Lake City right now. We have this recorded. You can go back, you can go back and play it <laughs> once you get it. I said you are in Utah right now. I said I'm Trey Matthews, one of the hosts of what you're talking about, which implies that I'm not the only one. And that, and I said where you're at right now with the team. I'm what? What? what do you do? You want me to say something specifically? Trey, I'm also excited that if ASU wins the whole thing, see more uh, trophies with you and uh, more pictures of you in the trophy. <laughs> I have a feeling that they're going to try to hide the trophy from me, but um, it, it doesn't take away from the fact. That I will be, I I have been doing this for five years, and each year, whether it was with Adrian College or now Sun Devils, the team that I cover wins uh, their respective regional tournament. Five years, OG, half a decade at this. Oh yeah, I know you're the WWCHL reigning MVP. Uh, I really helped out in the uh, uh, last game against GCU last year. I think you uh, said you beat them single handedly. I, I, I can't go into detail as to how, why I said it and because I don't want to get in trouble, but you know the circumstance. I've never how, – how do I say this in a PG version that won't get me in trouble, Blaze? Go ahead, Trey. I've never said it in the right state of mind. Let's just say that. Yeah, but and, in all seriousness, I'm looking forward to this weekend. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting. And if they – and once they do or if they do win the tournament, I might have a, I might have a joke to say. But anyway – Chase. Oh, mother of mercy. Oh, boy.
this, that phrase gets used over, over and over too much. That's why I don't say it anymore. Anyway, Chase, my fellow co-host, thank you for uh, uh, taking time out of your busy day in Salt Lake City to uh, basically uh, keep your obligation with the show and talk everything women's hockey. And we're definitely going to have the update for you guys come next week once we get the results of the tournament. Chase, uh, good luck the rest of the way uh, during the tourney. All right. See you later, Trey. All right. So to close out today's show, you can follow me at TreyMatt4 on Twitter. And you can also uh, follow ASU Women's Hockey on Instagram and Twitter as well. And Chase and I will be back in the studio next week at 8.30 a.m. Have a good rest of your day, everybody.